0: To take your DM shot with Tristan ham Jonathan Crest, and Steve Scherfan. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring the mechanics of RPGs and then running a couple of one shots just to figure out how the hell do you play this game. Welcome to Take Your DM Shot. We love tabletop rpg We love playing it. We love getting into it. We love RPing it. It's just a fun thing to do. And so we want to explore the different systems that exist around the world. And
1: there are a great ton. Yeah. A, a lot ton. more than I thought there were before I, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was probably like 30 or 40 out there. There's like no, like three or four hundred. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. And more. No, Every day. Every year. Yeah. It's right? like three more. Well,
0: Kickstarter's is littered with like so many ones that are just like pumping out. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's awesome amount of cool you know, formats, kind of games that we can really get into. The game we 've chosen to start us off here is one that i I near and dear to my heart, and I was actually introduced with the two of you that 's the first yeah, time we're right, really right, aware yeah. of it, and that is Monster of the Week. John kind of walk us through uh a
1: bit of uh where did this come from who yeah uh, so uh Monster of the Week is an evil hat production uh with partnership of Michael Sands. Uh, It was published back in 2015. It is a 2d6 system, so that means you can be rolling two six-sided dice. You're going to add up the amount of pips you have on there to give you a a value, and that'll determine whether you pass or fail, or somewhere
2: in between. (laughs) or
1: Yeah, and that whole system's pretty wild. Uh, Steve, where did
0: did
2: you first become aware of this? Actually, John was the one that introduced (laughs) it to to everybody. Yeah, uh... We were just looking, at, I think at that point, just looking to get together and start playing some games. Or no, we needed a break in between, I think, our, our other uh Yeah, campaign. between
1: D&D, I believe. Yeah, yeah. We needed like, a break. cleanser. Yeah, palette palette yeah, cleanser. And then yeah. it ended up being, I think, a one, two-year
2: kind of thing? Yeah, like, you know, palette wow. cleanser into a, a full-on campaign. Yeah, palette yeah. uh, cleanser sauna. into a
1: full-on meal. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's a really awesome game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons that we really got into it so much is because it is really great for beginners yeah. in yep. the RPG uh, world. But we, we had um, one, I think, was it just one person that had never played D&D before? Was it
2: Natalie? Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah,
1: so we had one person who had never played D&D before. Uh, we had uh, a couple people who have done DMing before for D&D and a couple people who only play a few times. Yeah. Um, so, so So yeah, it was... It was really good to get into this. It made it really easy for everyone to come on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The people who weren't familiar with RPGs, D&D, they had an easy time finding out what they could do and how they could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah, and I honestly, uh, after after playing that that one campaign, uh, I was pretty hooked on it, and I'm the friends, I think I might like Monster of the Week more than D and D. We're just saying something because that's what got me into RPGs.
2: Girlie, maybe you shouldn't have said this on the mic. This whole game
0: is D and D one listening at the moment because they changed the whole system. So you, oh really? To keep you, to, to get keep your me interested. Ooh, yeah, boy. yeah. So this this is a blow if <laughs> I may <I> say so. <laughs> Uh, so the format, the 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 way that this first episode is going to go, um, the kind of explainer episode we'll call it, is um, we'll take it from the player side and whatever the the game master name is, their side, and then we'll uh, yeah just kind of talk about our experiences with it, like that. So we might start off uh, with yourself there, John, talking about the player side. So let's give us a, a nice kind of idea about. Um, what to expect as players, and and what kind of nuance, and then we'll get into maybe a few of those mechanics.
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: So when when you first start the game, mm-hmm. uh, your your first thing you're gonna do is choose what you want to be. So there's mm-hmm. a number of uh, they call them playbooks. Mm-hmm. It's like a class. Uh, each playback book, yeah. each playbook <laughs> has its own uh, play style. So yeah. uh, some people are, are real rough and tough in your face. Some people a lot more uh, detective work figuring mm-hmm. out what's going on. Other people are a lot more magic using mm-hmm. uh, in in this uh, system. Uh, and, and each system, uh, each playbook you you get, gives you these options, these special moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you an option on you know what your stats are going to be. Uh, it it sounds a little intimidating. Like if you're going at the end of the first time, you're just presented with just like spreadsheets of math yeah this one's nice um you, on, you only got what is it uh five different uh stats that you have yeah uh, you, you, when you start off you get to choose they'll give you like different options on what you want your stats to be so you don't mm-hmm. have to roll for them you don't have to worry about you know i'm in my character to be really good at something but suck at everything else yes. <laughs> especially as a new character at least for me when i was playing D D I was really hesitant on where to put my stats, I had no idea how it's going to affect me in the future. Yeah. And this game, they have it all pretty laid out for you, so you don't have to worry about making those mistakes. Yeah. And it walks you through each playbook, uh, will give you, you know, your, your stats, it'll give you your moves, it'll give you options for gear, and it's all checkbox, so very easy to fill in, yeah. easy to follow. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a really good character sheet. Uh, mm. And it's really easy. It walks you through step-by-step step how to make and be your character. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so Steve's got a, a character sheet in front of him there.
1: Um, and
0: yeah. Yeah. talk about, like, do you, you almost don't need the source book, in a sense, for character creation? all. Well, oh.
2: no, nope, not at all. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, even, not just character creation, but even, there's another step, actually, that this game does that's other games don't. Is it actually? It has steps to start creating some inter-character relationships between yeah. Yeah. between the players and, and their characters, which is is pretty cool. It gets uh, it really pulls on that RPG, the role playing yeah. element, in you know, and bakes it right into the character creation, which is really really good. Yeah, I've got um, the crooked. So yeah, each each class actually has some uh, kind of noir noir themed uh names to it yeah there's not like oh hey wizard nope uh <laughs> i think it's like the spook. The, sp- the spook or the strange or something like that yeah you know? so it's pretty pretty cool it very fits the uh, the theme of the monster hunting yeah kind of variety that's cool yeah and,
0: and you're right Steve. it does like it helps you with um even you know uh everything is on there and even anything you could possibly need to make decisions on it's
1: got it yeah.
2: there which
1: is there so walk us through a bit more there john yeah, so uh, on your sheet, you get your five main uh, stats. Sort of stats Bil- stat, ability. Stats, yeah. yeah, things that you're going to be adding to your roll. So you have Charm, <laughs> <thing-a-ma-jakes>. <laughs> uh, You got Charm, you got Cool, you got Sharp tough and weird so yeah. if, and it's pretty self-explanatory beside each one it tells you what the stuff is for mm-hmm. so like for charm it's you're manipulating someone mm-hmm. for cool it's like acting under pressure helping people out mm-hmm. sharp you're investigating a mystery you're reading those bad situations yeah tough yeah. is your, you're going what kick some ass <laughs> that's <laughs> your attack role uh and then protecting other people with your like getting in there protecting getting your body in there and then you have weird which is like their magic yeah uh, and I, oh, and another great thing about this is, like like I mentioned before, you don't have all the map you do in D anD. d The most you're going to be doing is either adding up to three to your roll or yeah. subtracting up to three on your roll. Yeah. So if you can, if you can, you know, count to twelve and add one, two, three, you're you're set. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you're right?
0: good. I, I have that amount of fingers and toes. Yeah. So I can okay.
1: you, you can yeah count, count them all out on <laughs> your fingers and toes. You'll be you'll be set. Right. Uh, the the game is very episodic in nature too so it's kind of like like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural so when you're when you're creating your characters you can kind of use those references and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people have good references if they don't know D&D very well they don't really know you know what is a barbarian like how is he supposed to act Mm -hmm. these ones the the name they give you like the professional It'll tell you kind of like what they are, you know, how they act, how they exist in this world. It gives you like a basis to start off on. Um, it also gives you a, a bunch of different moves you can choose that are special to that class. At the beginning, you'll pick two or three. Yeah. And as you level up, you can choose more of those. Or you can even choose abilities from other classes. So you're not totally pinned into your class. Anyway, you can You can branch out as you level up if you mm-hmm. like.
2: You can even switch classes. You can even that's switch classes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our last, our last game, I swapped my character sheet for a different, different class. It was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. they have. Yeah, one, one of the cool uh options is as you're leveling up. Yeah. When you get to a certain point, you have the ability to change your class. So you, yeah. you're still the same guy. You're just able to switch your class, so you get these new abilities. You get to try something else out uh or the other options too is you can just hand your sheet over to the dm you retire your character basically yeah. and you get to start a whole new guy in in the storyline there's like ways that helps you make that happen as a dm and stuff like that but yeah. um going back to character sheets sorry i got a little side gotcha. there. Right. um so, so you have your your main stats yeah. you also have a uh, limited resource called luck mm-hmm. And you get twelve of those, uh twelve twelve of these luck points. Yeah. Uh what you can do with those is you can spend one and it counts as if you had rolled a twelve. So if something's you really want to make sure happens, happens, and you roll like snake eyes. Yeah. You can say, you know what, luck point, it it's gonna be a twelve. Yeah. And it counts as a success as if you had it rolled a twelve, so no bad things happen. It's, it's a pure success.
2: So yes, D and D players, you are always the um divination wizard with uh you know. <laughs> so, it's a 12 now uh the
1: other thing you can do with it too is you can use it to avoid harm so uh and as we'll get into it the monsters are pretty tough and humans are pretty squishy so they uh, you won't, you only have so much health points so being able to completely avoid attack is, is really helpful in this game yeah uh, as you use more and more of your luck points you become more and more doomed uh, different character sheets that will have different implications, and they will go clearly through that on the character sheet, what that means, how it affects yeah. you. Uh, basically, once you hit that doomed, every action the DM takes, or GM, I guess in this one, takes yeah. is uh, called a hard action. So it's something that's into to you right away. Yeah. There's no soft action like, oh, the monster's charging at you. It's like, no, the monster's up in your face. and just okay. it. yeah. it's, it's actually like through you. Yeah, through me <laughs> at the moment yeah (laughs) Uh, other than that you got your health points it's called uh harm in this game so you have seven uh health points on this one you have about a a little bit of a buffer so you have three health points that you can take damage of. so you can take three harm yeah three damage and then you become unstable Mm -hmm. Uh, once you reach that point you start you're you're injured and the injury is just going to get worse over time you need like professional medical assistance to fix what's going on with you you can't just slap a band-aid on it and yeah. be fine an hour later yeah um,
2: so if you're out there long enough you're gonna start you're gonna fall unconscious if not worse yeah yeah and
1: slowly yeah. beat to uh bleed to death yeah um, and with only seven hit points like as we get into like the weapons and stuff like that that's very very little yeah so like the average weapon that a hunter has will do like two to four harm usually about yeah. three yeah and monsters almost always do at least like three or four harm yeah. so as soon as you get hit by this thing you're unstable oh yeah so that's it's yeah It's then, the game is really focused around detective work yeah uh, as opposed to being these a bit more combat heavy this one's you really got to find out what's going on track it down figure out how you want to attack it because if you just run in guns a blazing you're not going to be coming out of that one Oh yeah, it, it
0: kind of dissuades the murder hobos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, and
1: I think as, as we get into the DM side of things too, there's there's a bit of a quirk when you're fighting monsters too that would get in how you actually beat them. Yeah. So that's another reason why you need to do all the investigation work up, up front.
2: And even as a player, if you're worried about a, a party wipe, I mean, we'll also get into the, the moves that each player can make, the basic moves per, per turn. Yeah. And there are mechanics in there that will actually um, let you help out. So that you know, mm-hmm. you, you might not be in the way of of harm, but you could help your your teammate that might all of a sudden get absolutely annihilated by that werewolf. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, tell
0: us about experience.
2: Experience? <laughs> well, I don't have any. No. But,
0: uh... Only because you you yeah. have had like these rare characters,
2: yeah, that
0: have very little experience. Yeah, that,
2: uh, we'll see. Yeah, my last experience, a whole campaign. Um, I guess the for that way experience works, if you fail a roll, yeah. you get to mark one experience. Yeah. Once you've marked five experience, then you can actually work on leveling up. Mm-hmm. If you fail a roll, <laughs> rolls are you want a high roll? So anything, I believe, it's seven.
1: Six, uh, six or below six, is
2: a fail. Or below is a fail. Six or below. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, for the how long did we play about, about a year? About a year. I didn't level up for most of it. I think in the last month, I, that's when I got four or five level ups. Yeah, uh, I
1: most of the game you're level three. Everyone else is like level six or seven. You know, so, so
2: I didn't get to play around with too many uh, cool high level moves on my character. But you're I was most
1: effective person on the entire team. Oh yeah, oh, but, okay. it, uh, um, but even
2: with that
0: gap yeah. uh, between you and the other players, were you? I mean they had access to other things, obviously, but was was there really an obvious kind of uh distance? Or were you still able to hold your own?
2: Oh yeah, I held my own. I was yeah. I played as the professional, so I tried to uh get in there and do as much damage as I could. Um I had moves that let me help you know, do damage and actually fight monsters, also help my teammates a bit. So yeah. I, I was I did not feel that I was Oh, I'm, i need to fail start you know fudging some rolls here to try to uh, catch up no i felt uh it's very well balanced uh, yeah. i was able to be um be in the fray yeah and, and effective as my teammates uh it was like oh i failed a roll that actually hurt yeah and then i went oh okay great this uh, level up is bittersweet here because <laughs> yeah even at that level i found failing rolls was hard Yeah. yeah going oh, okay gotta fail a role. i gotta fail rolling <laughs> i never never felt that so that's a, a neat
0: difference between this and, and other RPGs, where yeah. um, you don't feel that disparity
1: between the levels, necessarily. You are still
0: useful. Yeah,
1: drill. Yeah. and, and with, with new people, too, sometimes when you come into a, a new RPG system, if you're playing with people who are really experienced at that, you feel like you are nowhere near as effective, nowhere near as useful to your team. In this game, it's it makes it really simple. Every character plays very differently and plays a key role in yeah. that in that, uh, that team. And like like Steve was saying, the more effective you are, the less levels you're going to get. Yeah. So it's like a leveling up is almost like the game trying to buff you so you can be better and more effective. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> keep up to the guy who's not leveling up. Least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Eh?
2: Yeah. The way it balances that out is roles that actually do. Middling to very well yeah. are actually very powerful. Yeah. So yeah, and then also fails are very detrimental.
1: <laughs> yes. You pay for each fail spectacularly like easily. This, this isn't a game where
2: oh, this is a deadly game. You should be scared. Not even a little bit. Like it's a deadly game, but it is so user, you know, first person, first time friendly. Yeah. It's really, really good that way. You That's can, it, hey sit down go okay i'm not worried that this is a deadly game this is my first one yeah. i i feel the danger i'm in i'm playing the game and i also feel um useful and effective at the same time
0: that's it it's encouraging
1: It's oh very motivating so. you're right for those new players so maybe going off that maybe steve mm-hmm. like what what are the basic moves that uh, your character can do in the game
2: okay yeah so uh people that have played rpgs before obviously the big first one on this list here kick some ass that's the that's the guy with the big stick going quack 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 against the against the big bad
0: yeah
2: well not quite obviously this game is set in a modern era so people usually have guns yeah uh but anybody can kick some ass and not just uh the big there's no actually uh barbarian there's no tank there's no someone that's going to do the most damage if they run in some classes have some abilities that let them do that others can still do damage and kick some ass from a distance yeah. so it's not it's not just range kick some ass is just generic i want to fight yeah i want to do damage and and sorry quickly uh and
0: and you'll hear examples of what those variations in the rules, how that affects kick kick some ass in the when we play kind of thing hey eh? so Absolutely. you'll you'll actually hear like some of the repercussions and some of the abilities and things yeah. like that. Uh in our in our life rule
2: play. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, so this each each basic move actually is governed by a stat. Yeah. In this case it's tough. Yeah. Now there are even if you, you go, oh shoot, I'm making my character, I want to be able to do damage, but the character I've got and the arrays that are in front of me do not really give me a good high tough stat. Yeah. That's okay. The classes that aren't like that either are using a different stat altogether yeah. to be effective in combat, or there are moves that can let you um, compensate. Like, hey, for instead of kick some ass, you get to use your sharp. Yeah. Or your weird. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, uh, kicking some ass on a success, which is a 7+. plus, You and whatever you're fighting with inflict harm on each other. Mm. See, it's that's a middling success. That's the lowest, best possible scenario of doing a middling roll. Yeah, you you both you you take damage and you you do damage. Yeah, exactly. And generally, I think you always take damage. Pretty much, pretty much. Like, there's, like there's
1: some weird situations, yeah. like maybe the the creature you're fighting has claws, but you're firing at it from a distance with a sniper rifle. Yeah, hard for you to take damage, but if you roll poorly, there's other things that the GM can do to you.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah.
1: But and
0: that's that's a, where the creativity comes in, you yeah.
1: You know, and and because this is a
0: collaborative process, like yeah. like we've had situations where uh, we've kind of suggested to the the GM, it's like, well, I guess I fail, but maybe this happens, yeah, like, yeah. So, and I love that 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 collaborative play where where it's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm not just here to be like, no, no, okay, I failed, but. Mm. No maybe that we we'll see you didn't yeah. have a three plus, so you can't do that, yeah, yeah.
2: you know your gavel judge <laughs> jaggs it, yeah, yeah, a, a few more of the moves, sure, uh, and then I guess for before I move on to the next move, kicks some ass as you roll uh, a ten plus or a twelve plus mm-hmm. or a twelve um you don't really you can negate damage, but it's more you get some bonuses to what you your attack so you're, yeah. you're still taking damage my point was yeah i'm still taking damage potentially but if i roll higher i could also modify my my attack and have a bit a uh, few more options but if you read the um the instructions you'll see so anyway uh the cool uh stat is govern uh, governs act under pressure mm. so gm will my daughter all of a sudden call out uh john Roll an act under pressure for me. <laughs> these are those. These are those catch all. Uh, you don't see it coming, or yeah. if you know you're going to do something difficult, the GM might ask you to act under pressure instead of uh, maybe kick some ass or, or other.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is a pretty good catch all because if yeah. what, what's happened doesn't quite fit any of the other moves, uh, act under pressure is always there to yeah. pick up the slack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's a very severe situation. It's a very severe roll. Yeah, on a ten plus. I do what I set out to do. Yeah. Pass, which is a seven, only seven to nine. I got to choose a worse outcome, hard choice, or a price to pay from the keeper. Yeah. Or GM. Below seven, well, here. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that, and you'll see, like on all these, it's, it's the same stat. So like a, a six or lower, you fail. Yeah. Seven to nine, it's it's okay, but there's something's not quite right. Yeah. And then ten plus, you're set. So yeah. on that, you can see the game is kind of geared towards you either failing or not completely succeeding the way you wanted to. So you really got to plan things out and think, if I fail, how are we going to survive this?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no critical successes either.
1: No.
0: Yeah.
2: You want to roll high, net but 20. there's no crit. Yeah. There's no net 20.
0: Yeah. That's true. Hey, like, yeah, Net-twenty. there's, there's no, yeah. Especially in your first kind of level, mm-hmm. you, you, the highest you can do is just, okay, you did what you set out to do. Yeah. Which is pretty good. That's okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh so another uh so I guess Oh there's only There's only two for cool. Two for cool. Actually cool, sharp and tough both have two moves that are governed by them. Charm and Weird actually only have one move that each of them governs. Yeah. So the second one for cool is help out. Yeah. Uh and then you kinda uh that's another theme of this game is that you can add a plus one or plus something to your uh your teammates going forward.
1: Yeah. It's very cooperative. Yeah. You, wanna, yeah. you really wanna Stop your teammates from dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're doing. If you're if you're not the guy who can do a lot of harm, you've got to be helping that guy yeah. who's doing the harm. But you got to stick your neck out. What happens if you stick your neck too far, Sid? You
0: die.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true. Yeah. Basically, you you call the harm on you. Yeah, exactly. Or the yeah, or you make things worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right.
2: And yeah, so uh, helping out here. If I roll a ten plus. Mm-hmm my friend gets a plus one to their roll. Yeah. If I'm middling success, seven to nine, yeah, I, exactly, I I give my uh, teammate a plus one, but I expose myself and take that danger. Yeah. If I fail, well, it's up to the GM. (laughs) You guys, the
1: situation's not bad.
2: (laughs) So the next one here is generally uh, the go-to when you're not in combat. Yeah. Investigate a mystery.
0: Use that a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, it is a mystery. Like, that's a, is. that's really kind of the overarching theme, is you yep. are trying to uncover what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, yeah, you're right. This is a, a pretty important stat.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and this game, it seems a lot pretty free form there's lots of back and forth and discussion with your with your gm with your fellow players not necessary um not necessarily bargaining yeah there can be but it's actually more of that's this game does a good job of like no i need this no you don't get that you might get this actually there's more okay let's talk about what's happening it's actually very uh or at least the gms i've got (laughs) (laughs) but uh here's uh, something that adds some structure to just generally uh what you're going on. Investigate a mystery, which is governed by sharp skill. On a seven to nine, I hold one. On a ten plus, I get to hold two. Meaning, this ability or the sorry, this move gives you what's two, four, six, seven questions yeah. to ask about a situation. So you can't just go, you know, DM magically show me the way here. Yeah, I actually have to ask a certain question kind of trying to get at what i'm trying to find out but then at the same point the dm can only answer that question in the context of what you have available to you exactly anyway so the questions are what happened here yeah what sort of creature is it what can it do Mm -hmm. what can hurt it where did it go what was it going to do and what is being concealed here and I think through our play, we found what was con- is being concealed here or what happened here was more often than not the kind of the go to.
1: Yeah. You know, especially when you're looking for the creature. Yeah. First yeah. Place. Once you start to like figure out where it's going, you can like look at a scene of attack or something like that or where, where you know it's been. Then you can start to really use those questions to narrow down okay, what is it that we're going to be fighting here? Mm-hmm. Does it have claws? Does it spray acid? Does it seem to go through walls? Yeah. So that's where those questions come in, but yeah. uh, and and if you fail on that one, you give information to either the, like the NPCs around you or the monster if it's in vicinity that you know you're there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, you don't want to. You, you get good information if you pass, but if you fail, like something is going to find out something you don't want it
2: to know. Yeah. Speaking of which, that actually segues into the next one. Yeah. Uh, manipulate someone. So this is the only uh, skill that is governed by charm. The only move that's governed by charm. Mm-hmm. And it exactly that it's inter-character, inter-PC, also inter-NPC, and inter—not uh, quite inter-GM, but manipulating someone is trying to get what you want mm-hmm. as far as information, or even convincing, the convincing yeah, convincing an action. So uh, it's actually divided into two sections. So one's mm-hmm. for a normal person, mm-hmm. which generally NPCs mm-hmm. on a 10 plus. So I rolled really well. They'll do it for the for the reason that I give it to them. If you ask too much, they'll tell you the minimum it would take for them to do it, or there, if there's no way they do it.
0: Yeah.
2: On a middling success, seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right away mm-hmm. to show them that you mean it. If you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it would take for them to do it. And uh, we haven't really covered advanced. There, for each of these um, basic moves, there's an advanced uh, twelve plus
1: yeah option, but only becomes available at level five. Level uh, five. Level you five. have to choose. You, you, don't, you don't want to take advanced au, uh, actions for this. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. So
0: essentially, when we say levels, it's because there's five spots for experience. Yeah. So that's, the, you filled up those five spots at least five times. Yes. Yeah. To
1: get to be able to access yeah, of those 25 levels. fails. Yeah. I <laughs> 25 <laughs> fails. Roughly, depending yeah. on what happens at the end of the, uh, uh, adventure or whatever, the DM can give some extra points at the end, but yes, yeah, in general exactly. it's about 25 fails, and you yeah. won't be able to access
2: <laughs> these things. Yeah. So that's what, exactly what John said before, that these are very episodic, yes. it's actually a, a mechanic for the GM to o- award more points to players at the end of the mission. That's cool. But anyway, back to manipulate someone. So the other section here for another hunter, so this is into PC to PC. Mm-hmm. You can choose to ma- try to manipulate uh, your fellow player.
0: <laughs>
2: if I roll a 10 plus... yeah. If they do what you ask, they mark experience and get a plus one going forward. Meaning, I think the hunter always has a choice.
1: Yes. So yeah. you, even if you're, you roll like a, a 12 uh, and you have a plus three to your roll, you're trying to convince another hunter to do something, they don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. They can still choose, but it incentivizes them to do it. Yeah. It makes it easier for them and they get a free experience. Free experience. Probably. Yeah.
2: And their next roll is more yeah, easier as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Middle link success seven to nine. They still mark experience if they do if they do what you ask. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, and on a miss, it's up to that hunter to decide how badly you offend or annoy them. They mark experience if they decide not to do what you ask. Monsters and minions cannot normally be manipulated. Yeah. So <laughs> if you fail, you just might be giving your teammate free experience. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Next one is protect someone. So this, yeah. I guess, this is more combat focus, whereas help out previously might be more. Um, with a skill, yeah, skill, helping, yeah, having them drive or helping them do exactly <laughs> or, or within uh, that investigation, yeah, yeah,
1: they're the poor field, but they're really close to being okay, so you want to help them out. <laughs> exactly,
2: yeah, uh, but yeah, so this is uh, you roll plus tough, so this is the second uh, move that's governed by tough mm-hmm. on a seven plus, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get on a ten plus, you get to choose some extra bonuses, you suffer little harm, so you subtract one. Uh, from the harm you're taking, all impeding danger is now focused on you. Yeah, you inflict harm on the enemy, and or you hold the enemy back. So this is where combat can kind of this this offsets, sorry, the co- the deadliness of combat. You can start helping out. You might be in a better position. Uh, you know, I thought I'm not taking any harm in this battle. I'm want to try to protect, uh, you know, the little uh, hacker character that's you know taking all the harm because she got stuck, you know, opening the uh, lid of the box that's got the monster in it. Yeah. Next one is read a bad situation. Mm. I can't forget. I forget the context that this is used. So this me. is like
1: when you're in a situation, like you're. I don't know. You're 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 in an area. You're either trapped. Yeah. Something bad is going to happen. Right. Yeah. Or someone's in danger.
0: Yeah. There's a there's an urgency yeah. in this one, as opposed to investigative a mystery, where you're kind of you've got time to kind of absorb. Here you're kind of at the crime scene,
1: right? I guess, or or something's happening. Someone pulls a gun, or yeah, you yeah. Hear, you hear the monster just outside the door. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So so urgency. So
2: yeah. this is this is pre-action as opposed to act under pressure, in which case it's reactive. Yes, that's that's the concept. It's yeah, more yeah.
1: reactive, middle ones. Yeah, yeah, perfect.
2: Nice. And so anyway, the, this is governed by your sharp skill on a plus ten, hold three, and on a middle end you only hold one. Yeah, one hold can be spent. Test the Keeper one of the following questions. What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Mm-hmm. What's the biggest threat? What's the most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? Yeah. If you act on the answers, you get a plus one ongoing while the information is relevant.
1: Okay. This one could be... A little nerve wracking when you walk, you guys. You're, you're rolling investigative a mystery. Yeah. one guy opens up a drawer, and the DM says, "Roll read a bad situation." Yeah. what <laughs> did guy. I just do? <laughs> you, uh,
0: yeah, a marble goes down, turns into a bowling ball. It's <laughs> a whole Rube Goldberg <laughs> death machine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, I, I guess the, the last couple of ones that we have here too is uh, using magic. Yeah. So, that one's this, this is where that weird uh, comes in. So, let Steve maybe talk a bit more about how that happens.
2: Sure. And um, yeah, there's only, I think, two classes, maybe three, that actually can use magic
1: in yeah. any capacity. Most people are just that people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And aren't naturally or inherently accessible to magic yeah Uh, that can change you know as you level up you can take moves from other playbooks Mm -hmm. which will use that that weird or that use magic ability
0: well and it's interesting um so the characters that are not innately spellcasters or spell slingers i think is the Mm -hmm. proper term yes um you know i've i've had games where people wanted to do magic even though it's not innately part of them so the the mechanic of that that I, I I like to use is that, well, they need to have discovered something magical. Mm-hmm. They're going to attempt to use it. <laughs> so it's not that it's coming from them and they're going to generate magic in that way. But they've like, they've come across the Necronomicon. Right? Right, right. right. And they're they're trying to raise the deadites, you know. So that's where I would employ this for something like
2: that. Absolutely. And it's very easy to... um Hook in the occult. Yeah. The occult setting into this. And you could be, you know, magic could not be necessarily innate to the person. Yeah. It could be exterior. Yeah. Could
1: be like the divine too. Yes. Maybe something happens and that's actually I think one of the uh that's playbooks is the divine. Yeah. yeah. So
0: which is like uh some kind of deity is yeah. is connected to them in some fashion. Yes.
2: They're very much the crusader, the um Kaladin. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a good good analysis,
2: Anyway, magic in this game works kind of uh Kind of differently from what you'd expect in other games, mm-hmm. uh, but it also it follows the same um, theme and style as the other basic moves. Yeah. So when you use magic, say what you're trying to achieve, and how you do the spell, and then roll plus weird. This game is very free form with how magic works. Yeah. Yes. There's no book of spells like as far as uh, mechanics. Yeah. Like D and D.
1: Don't have to memorize spells every morning no. and choose yeah. three of the six you know and yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very like, I want to throw a fireball, then I want to use a nice attack. Yeah. I want to electrocute this guy. You can't, like the same person can do all of this. So how do you control that?
2: Great question. Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> and by succeeding on your rolls, hopefully. Yeah. On a ten plus, the magic works without issues. Choose your effect. Yeah. Ten plus, so that's only three but you know three points and, and you, you succeed every uh, middling is seven to nine yeah it works imperfectly choose what your effect will be yeah. and a glitch the keeper will decide what effect the glitch has mm-hmm. a failure good luck <laughs> so effects these are good things that the magic user actually wants to uh, wants to do so mm-hmm. and these are very uh, generic actually so
1: and it gives you a list of what the, the effects are so you don't have yeah. to try and make it up on the spot yeah
2: or you could you know, also your imagination could very much play into what kind of spell you're um, you're trying to cast mm-hmm. and then you have the structure of these generic uh, effects. so it's not like my electrical spell is going to use fire damage. There's actually no concept of any fire electrical or you know elemental damage. yeah there's just harm. So the first effect here is inflict harm. yeah one harm, ignore armor, magic obvious
0: yeah,
2: enhance enchant a weapon. It gets plus one harm and plus magic. Do one thing that is beyond human limitations. Bar a place or portal to a specific person or a type of creature. Trap a specific person, minion, or monster. Yeah. Banish a spirit or curse from the person, object, or place it inhabits. So I've always found in D and D, curse magic is yeah. very weak for players. Yeah. And curses themselves are could be very strong. This, hey, in one spell casting, you could absolutely wipe the curse off the face of the earth. And, you know, story solved. Oh, yeah. Uh, summon a monster into the world. Communicate with something that you did not share a language with. Observe another place or time. Yeah. Heal one harm from an injury or cure a disease or neutralize a poison.
0: So it... A good mechanic like a cool thing is when you as a as the gm or keeper i guess the proper whatever uh is when you have a good collaboration with the player who is using magic we had this one character uh that we played with uh who was uh, a spellcaster, spell slayer. Mm-hmm. i think it was their their playbook but what they did was they did they chose to do a lot of ice magic things <laughs> like that so in order to kind of justify that we figured out that there was a system of tubes throughout their clothing yeah. that was p- constantly pumping Freon. <laughs> so that's how they would actually able to access their array of ice effects. So what's cool about that is that, yeah, yeah they can do a ton of cool stuff. Yeah. But if it were ever damaged, they would lose their ability to draw upon their core element okay. to, to which powers their magic. Right. So it, 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 a limiter it makes it so that yeah. you're just not like, oh, well, I, I drop a, a giant iceberg on this monster. Yes. Right? Uh, well, it, it, it's not dead, but it's there's no way it can do
1: anything. Um, I guess go for a beer. Yeah. You know. I think you that's know. nice where you have to choose, like, one of the effects. So it's like, okay, yeah. if you yeah. drop a giant iceberg. Either it's going to stop it from going somewhere, or it's going to do one harm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. For some reason, this <laughs> iceberg has, has no
2: density. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's a light like
0: iceberg. <laughs> fun <to> pocket. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's uh, so tell us about uh oh keep going. The, the glitches i think we yeah what, what, what bad shit can happen
2: yeah exactly ah. so yeah and that's kind of what yeah uh, tristan you were saying that's my well that was my point earlier is that you've got some structure here yeah build your imagination off the structure yeah yeah you know you be freeform with how your magic works you not don't have to be the uh fire wizard you can be whatever kind of magic user you want take from whatever um sort of material that you know strikes your fancy and, and build your uh, your character off that off that inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like John is saying, you can't just fire magic and, oh no, I burnt a spell slot. Yep. Nope, something bad actually might happen to you. It's, these are the uh, glitches in, in, in this uh, playset. The effect is weakened. Mm-hmm. The effect is of short duration. You take one harm to your armor. The magic draws immediate, unwelcome attention. Mm-hmm. has a problematic side effect. And um, with glitches, and then um, there's another another section here, the keeper is deciding Mm. what these glitches are.
1: Yeah. I think on a mixed success, you'd say, okay, this is what the glitch is, and the DM or the GM or keeper says, okay, this is what that means.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So that's cool. So even the player can decide what the glitch is if they want to, giving the keeper the ability to expand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And uh, kind of like you were saying with the Freon, and so this next section here is the Keeper may say different uh, components, or um, limit, not not necessarily limitations, but you need to collect something or have a certain element before the spell actually works. So yes. the Keeper may say that a certain spell requires weird materials. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if you decide you've got a really cool spell you want, to, uh, you want to try out, well, the Keeper might work out with you, you've got to have to collect these components before you, you can yeah. actually use it. Yeah. Uh, the spell will take ten seconds, thirty seconds, or a minute to cast. Mm. So you might have a posting time restriction. Yeah. The spell requires ritual chanting and gestures.
1: So if you're in the middle of the street. Yes. You don't want people yeah. to know your magic. Or that guy's
2: just really weird.
1: No, yeah.
2: <laughs> you're tackled to the ground. Yeah. yeah. The spell requires you to draw arcane symbols. Mm-hmm. You need one or two people to help cast the spell. You need to refer to a tome of magic for the details. So unlike other games where it's like, I've got a pool of mana points. As long as I spend those wisely, I can cast whatever. Yeah. Not the case here. Magic actually has some, not some effects and consequences, but some prerequisites before you can actually cast some spells. Even though, you know, imagination is the limit, which there is not, but Mm -hmm. still, there's still grounded Mm -hmm. rules in how to use magic. Yeah. But these were just little you know, spell-slinging uh, spells for during combat, or yeah. there are big, big the so the section is big magic, things that are going to take a lot of effort and have really big effects. So when you use this, you want more than use magic effects. Tell the Keeper what you want to do. Yeah. The Keeper may require, you need to spend a lot of time, days or weeks, researching the magic ritual. Mm-hmm. You need to experiment with the spell. There will be lots of failures before you get it right. <laughs> you need some rare and weird ingredients and supplies. Yeah. The spell will take a long time, hours or days to cast. You need a lot of people, 2, three, seven, 13 or more to help. The spell needs to be cast at a particular place or time. Mm-hmm. You need to use magic as part of the ritual, perhaps to summon a monster, communicate with something, or bar the portal you opened. It will have to be a specific side effect. It will have a specific side effect or danger. Mm-hmm. If you meet the requirements, then the magic takes effect. So here's where you get that ritual. Uh, the, you know, the necromancer in his lair trying yeah. to take over the world with a, you know, a big complicated ritual that he uh, that he found in some ancient tome <laughs> that he's gonna destroy yeah. the world with, right, and become the king. Yeah. And so yeah, this gives players that option too.
1: It also encourages some good synergies between different. Um different playbooks you have okay. uh, you might have one of the more magically inclined uh, playbooks mm-hmm. but it, it, like like you said like you're reading it might require some specific weird ingredients yeah there's another playbook one of their options or one of their moves is they roll if they roll good they happen to have exactly what you're looking for yeah so it's it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of characters can interact not just in and out of comment but like for things like using magic a non-magic person can still help magic person achieve what they're looking for yeah
2: that's right and like this scream to me downtime uh, things to do right yeah mr professional hey you got resources go get me uh this i need this and this here's my grocery list and then come back and you can you know actually get their big ritual done to i don't know find your way to the uh, big (laughs) bad that uh, has been eluding you for weeks
0: yeah yeah it it forces collaboration Mm or 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 encourages strongly Uh yeah, so so John, um Steve, thank you for that.
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh do walk us so through give us just a um a close notes of um the rest of the, the character. care. Yeah, so yeah. You, you go through you have your main stats, yeah. you have your amount of harm you have, you have your experience points, you have certain moves that you get based on your character that yeah. you have chosen. that might give you a list of like six, seven different uh special moves. You choose two or three at the beginning. Uh, you get a usually each class has a specimen that you automatically get. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond those two or three that you choose, and then you get to choose like what gear you have. This could be armor. It could be what weapon you have. Um, weapons will also have uh, besides the amount of harm that they do, they'll have tags, mm-hmm. which kind of gives it more of a description on what that weapon is. Like for for instance, a grenade, uh, it does four harm, so that's you know a lot. That's putting someone immediately in the unstable area. But its tags are close area, messy, and loud. Yeah. So, pretty <laughs> exactly what you expect from a grenade.
2: <laughs> it's you guys will see uh, in our in our playthrough that a little bit. This grenade that that uh, John's character threw does for harm. Yeah. Tristan's description of what that grenade is doing, <laughs> you know, sky's the limit, right? You can really as a as a GM really lean into uh, any element of this game, which that's is it. is really cool. Yeah, lots well, of flexibility. I mean, it's a necessary. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so so with armor too just briefly over that one Mm
2: -hmm. it will like you
1: might have like uh like a flak vest or a bulletproof vest or something like that maybe you have like medieval plate armor yeah that you're walking around in so those will give you usually one or two armor which just means that you're reducing the amount of harm you take by one for two yeah unless the weapon has a certain tag that says it ignores it yeah kind of thing (laughs) um yeah other than that uh there's there's leveling up uh like like you mentioned you get five experience points you choose a new uh option you can check off another uh, box you basically you can check it up really quick here um you choose an improvement from your list so you're going to have a list on on each playbook and say here's a list of improvements you can choose yeah Uh, like you know take another move from yours take another move from someone else increase one of your stats by one Mm -hmm. um and once you once you hit that fifth level you can start choosing some more advanced uh options and, and um uh, things that you can do like you have access to those advanced moves so if you roll a twelve plus on your thing, the plus coming from your modifiers uh you can do extra or special things <laughs> when you're when you're rolling um, yeah it's uh, it's pretty much mostly it yeah, unless yeah that's it's yeah you characters just, just keep in mind. You're a human. Yeah. Monsters are going to beat the crap out of you if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and yeah, just try not to throw grenades at your allies, again. guess.
2: <laughs> and I mean, you went over the mechanics, but there's also uh, there's flavor text in here and, and ways to yeah. to flavor your roleplay, play. So mm-hmm. that's that's built into your character sheet as well. That's cool. So 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 much provided, and this is this is it. Like you
0: um, you don't need anything beyond really like uh, like some, uh, the hunter's quick notes for your basic moves your character sheet
1: yeah as a player that's all you need it's all you need and 2d6 yeah
0: and 2d6 exactly uh awesome yeah anything else about um player side of this do you think
1: uh i guess there is like in a lot of games there's a very structured turn order yeah Uh, and then this game there isn't it's very free flow uh you you basically talk to your allies say, okay like i need to do this first Mm -hmm. after that happens you can do this you can do that kind of thing and that's not set in stone like you can change it up as you go if something <laughs> happens you want to say okay well i want you to go do something now yeah um, which also leads us to like the, the combat uh with there no with there not being any set turn order uh, the monster basically reacts whenever you do something yeah. so every time you roll the kick smash the monster's hurting you or someone else that's right uh, yeah so that, that's a really good one to keep in mind so you're not getting this kind of Turn bias towards the players if you're fighting one monster where the players get, if there's four of them, they get four actions and the monster gets one. Yeah, no action. It's every single action you make in combat, Mm -hmm. the monster's going to react to you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And when you're looking at this kind of like when when a monster can basically take you down in one or two hits, you got to be really careful what you're doing.
0: Well, that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and the same thing like you were describing, you don't have the other players just like hovering, waiting for their (laughs) (laughs) children. And you know, you as players can collaborate and say, "Like, I, well, I, I, I instigated this, but it makes sense for Steve to go now because yes, he's got something instrumental in what's yes, Yeah, so,
1: or I already got three harm. This guy's going to hit me for five. I need some help. So someone will like, okay, I'll roll the like help out or try yeah, and get so myself tense. in or take the damage myself. Yeah, exactly.
0: Again, yeah,
1: it it, it encourages
0: collaboration. If this is
2: your uh, first RPG ever, <laughs> yeah, um, be patient. Uh, like we described, there's questions that you can answer that you can always kind of go to if you don't know what to do. Yeah, and just be patient over the course of the time, you'll start to get into the feel of it, and you'll. So I found that I uh, like, even though this is a simple game, decision paralysis was still still a thing. Yeah, um, good call. That's an obviously that's a, a, a hurdle to get over in all uh, tabletops, but yeah, decision paralysis. But as you go on, you'll actually get the hang of it, and you'll start to actually step in, step into the game, and you'll be using those questions. More pointedly, more effectively, and you'll you'll get pulled in. Yeah, it gives you
1: it's got a really good structure to it, so you know what you can can't do really. But it's still very open to modification and imagination. Yeah,
2: exactly. Both ways, right? both ways. Both yes, ways. GM can help out players that have never done this before, and then GM can lead into the players that you're a veteran of twenty years. You've yeah. played all the systems, and hey, let's see how we can how deep we can go here. Let's see what our imaginations. You come messed
1: up. up with. What do you think you did wrong? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, It, it uh, like like yeah. again, you 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 write, Steve. You get into it. You get, and then you you start really enjoying the the really uh, rich pieces of this mm. it. Makes it even better. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. One month went into one year. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yes. Yeah, so I guess off that, what is it, what is it like to be the the GM on this one? Yeah. So um,
0: uh, I've, whenever I've played this, I've only ever been the player in your games, John. Right. I've I've always been the keeper, kind of thing, because I have a lot of control issues. So it, <laughs> okay, John. <just, laughs> this is therapy, right? So um, I just want to talk about my mother. No. Uh, so you know, as as a keeper, you're the GM. And, um, it, it's, it's very similar to a lot of RPGs in a sense that, yeah, you're the story weaver, right? And, and you're into this, what you'll find as the keeper right off the bat, before we get into kind of the more nuance is just that the best stories, well, yes. the mm-hmm. best experiences as a keeper, I can say from my experience is, is when, um, I open the floor and go, okay, you tell me like, help me build this world. And I've been lucky enough to have really strong players to go, hey, let's do this. And so you're able to kind of form this story. And that's, that's kind of universal in, in the ways that I like to play anyways, is and the ways that I've experienced. is just, okay, you, let's build this together. And
1: you're so much more invested as a player when, yeah. uh, when, the, when the GM opens the floor to like, you know how do you think this looks? Or, uh-huh. or what do you yeah. think would happen in this situation? Or what's the name of this fast food chain restaurant?
0: So as as a keeper, I mean the idea of this is it's called monster of the week. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you've got a big, and that big bad can take the form of anything. Multiple big bads. Essentially, you've got like the main monster, and the monster typically has minions or other, uh, whether they be creatures or humans or something that uh, that helps it do its agenda. So the monster, and they have a cool sheet here, just like your playbook. They have a keeper playbook in a Mm. sense, or sorry, your basic move sheet. They've got a keeper basic move sheet and it helps you create your, uh, your story. If you want a homebrew, there is, I just grabbed a, or, or I got given the Tome of Mysteries here, which is of a mm-hmm. supplement. And like this part is about any updates and the rest of it is all stories,
1: all modules that they have put together. This part being about an eighth of an inch. Yeah. 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 yeah the rest yeah. of it being about <laughs> yeah. <five> an inch.
0: <laughs> I guess you this is an auditory yeah. or audio. Uh, <laughs> <all> <laughs> minutes, so. sure. But it is, it's, it's like, this is all stories. So like as a new keeper, you can lean on a lot of pre-gen stuff and it is wonderful. Uh, so, okay, as a keeper, basically uh, your your job is to to uh, discover this monster, kind of flesh it out, create its agenda. It's not just a monster there uh, that is a monster for monster's sake. It's going to have a purpose. Hmm. The reason it has a purpose uh, or it needs a purpose is that that helps the players then discover it because it, it's set about doing it Great stories have the the players come in when the monster is either just beginning or kind of in the in the early stages of its purpose. Right. Right. So uh, a zombie master is just starting to amass its army, mm. right? It doesn't already necessarily have its army right. and it's ready to take over the world.
1: It's so much more interesting when you catch it in the act, mm. right. In the sense, right? It's trying to do something yeah. while you're trying to catch it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's not just sitting there waiting for you to come at it. Exactly. That's at stakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. That that's right. So the so the monster is like
0: oh, right. it's got urgency. Mm. So now it may discover that people are onto it. Okay. So that kind of drives it a bit, right? Against it drives it. its kind of urgency. So um what they've done um to help you again kind of think about how you're going to structure your story is they've they've given you um in, in this keeper resource. Uh kind of stages of of where the story's gonna take place, almost like story beats, okay, and what they've done is they've broken it down into um a day essentially different aspects of the day and they, and they say um you start with the day, then it goes to shadows, then it's sunset, then it's dusk, then nightfall and midnight, okay. so what that means is that you break it up into story beats till you get to the crescendo mm-hmm. right. In the day section, everybody's just kind of maybe discovering that something is a little off. Right. In the, uh, the the next part, there that I've already forgotten, uh, the. I don't know, a thousand times. Shadows. Shadows. That's right. So, shadows. Okay, now you're getting a little. The, the players are getting more into what's actually happening. Maybe they're discovering someone who knows something. Maybe they're discovering, uh, you know, uh, uh, evidence of some sort. Mm-hmm. In sunset, normally there's there's a pretty large event, not a huge event, but a large event enough that it gets the players going okay this i'm I'm onto something here. It would be an attack from a minion perhaps, or something like oh. that. dusk then the stakes raise even more, maybe more innocents are in danger, perhaps, or maybe you have a quick encounter with the monster itself, okay, and there's a reason for that. I'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh at nightfall, right? You're usually probably in your preparation, you're getting ready right. for the
1: big warming up, your... warming up, yeah.
0: You're loading bullets, <laughs> chewing up, right? And then at midnight, it's the showdown. Okay. It, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's neat because then, like, you're you're it's all raising the stakes until you get to the right. super bow, whatever that is. Right. Now, the reason you typically have an encounter, or at least Near encounter with the beast or monster early on mm. is that every main guy in this, every every super monster has a weakness. Okay. And the reason that is, is that it's for the players to discover that weakness because essentially the monster cannot be permanently killed or dispatched without utilizing that weakness in some form or another. Right. Okay. Discover. So, um, you you you're given evidence of this you might kind of get you know you're you're fighting the uh uh bigfoot you know is the main monster right and is bigfoot's major
1: weakness well
0: all of a sudden bigfoot's watch starts beeping, right and he's oh right and and he's he's late for something so he takes off and so maybe uh this watch is intrinsically linked to bigfoot or something like that right or or whatever kind of trope you want to play like the weakness can't be any yeah. but it's it's got to be something and that's what's beauty about it is that the the players aren't just like okay well let's just let's just go guns blazing let's just hope that we plug it full of so many holes it's dead are, we're done instead the the interesting piece is when that monster has a very specific weakness mm. and they've got to scratch their brains and figure out like what is going to hurt this thing what do we got to do? Because yeah. it's got to challenge us, and then the players get to get super creative on how they're actually going to figure out yes. how we actually going to kill this Right? Uh, and, uh, and and so as a keeper, you are thinking about that too. And there's so much resource and so much great advice in these books that help you wow. kind of discover them. Yeah. Right? Right? Um, so so as a keeper, you're thinking about that. You're thinking about your story beats. Uh and you're also filling it, you know, full of uh encountering uh NPCs, mm-hmm. right? People that are either uh, a detriment or uh, a help to the players in some ways. So fleshing up your world, mm-hmm. right? What what has been the most like beneficial NPC you've encountered in your games, do you think? do you, do you have one that you're just like Boy, that is the the keeper of the like
2: <laughs>
1: ex machina kind of idea. I think the one that I uh, it was when I was the GM, so I'm not sure if this is accurate, but I was, yeah. what I was going for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there is a NPC that um, Was kind of the middleman between the people hiring (laughs) and and the group, and while he had his own, you know, kind of agenda, there's stuff that he wanted. uh, He he wanted, you know, like the the group to succeed, because that's how he got paid. Yeah, so he would help give them information. Uh, Okay,
2: and I think he he specifically was the supervisor for my character. Yes, he was. (laughs) Yes, supervisor. He, I don't think he stood out for being superly beneficial, but he he stood out in that.
1: You pissed them off, I did.
2: <laughs> you wrote made some poor
1: roles, and you pissed them off. Yeah, I mean, Yeah,
2: those, those are the times I did fail. But, uh, way. Way. but no, it was actually really added some uh, ambiance, but some immersion into. It created tension. Mm. It really sold that we're just these you know people on the bottom rungs in this giant or- organization. That he's got pressure coming from up top. I'm trying to just do my job, yeah. but I need help. My team needs help. He's pushing back. I'm pushing back against him. It, was, <laughs> it really felt that noir, grungy, kind of, you know, bad situation. Yeah. yeah.
1: Your title has relationships beyond the other characters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It yeah. was
0: It was really cool. So skillful use of NPCs is something important too, right? People that can help kind of drive the story. Yeah, you know, and and provide those clues. So, um, yeah, uh, okay. So, keeper, you've got your monster, you've got your kind of story beats, you've filled it with some NPCs and things like that, and then you weave that story. What's great is that Monster of the Week is built in such a way that the team is ordinarily already a team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can justify mm-hmm. that story beat that, but essentially, you're already a team. What's that's in it? the
2: character creation? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes.
0: Thank you, Steve. And and what's cool about that too is that you don't have to like. You you arrive at a tavern, and uh, yeah a man comes in with a scroll and says, I need four
1: adventurers to do, right? Like yeah. five, not three. <laughs> not three, but four. yes the exact people at that table. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you two please
0: sit at this table to make it for? You know, that kind of thing, right? So it, it helps you in that sense. Um, you know, normally you are, you're monster hunters. Mm-hmm. You could be brand new at it. You could be a veteran. Doesn't matter, but... Essentially, you are you, your purpose is already written in a sense mm. you've got other agendas oh, you're going to be doing.
2: Yeah, even if your character's not aware of it, you guys will see what I mean in the next. Day. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah exactly. I was,
0: exactly. Like like I, I I created an organization that you were up for.
1: Mm-hmm. right? And so there we go. I think it was franchise too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes, I got a quick question on that one. So yeah. you had mentioned Tristan yeah. that there is this kind of relation to a day. Yeah, that, that, that this each episodic adventure goes on, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of determines, you know, like kind of like helps you understand when you're going to be putting story beats in for the characters. Yeah, but how does that relate to the monster? Does it give like a timeline? Does it? Yeah, well, well, yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, so that so the, it it directly relates
0: to the monster's agenda as well, right? The things that it's trying to do eh, as it's getting closer to its end goal. So um, your encounter with it might be because it needs to be at this place in order to do something so that it is furthering its agenda. So uh it it it's almost in parallel, right? So that um I mean I, I I play it as the story beats are really in conjunction with the monster trying to finish its agenda, trying to accomplish it. And then you get kind of chance meetings or encounters because of how well you are in your investigation with the monster that's it's trying to complete that kind of
2: I love the the theme of th- you're basically building up to the witching hour. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you're building up to the time where supernatural events happen. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. I love the the theme there. That's really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Right?
1: And I think um, when I done that that first one that we did I ended up being a year. Mm. Uh, I I really I found that structure helpful because it let, it let me think okay if the NPCs never sh- or if the if the PCs if the yeah. the characters the hunters never showed up. What would this creature be doing
0: yeah Mm. thank you yeah that's it that's it yeah it it's it's having the players there is not instrumental necessarily to the monster's agenda like you're right if you had never discovered
1: it it and never been arranged it would it would be doing its thing yeah Yeah. gives you a good opportunity to put kind of those red herrings in there and have that be a consequence yeah where if you, you you said okay my monster is going to be abducting this person yeah. on this day, yeah, like at like noon, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he is trying; he knows the 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 hunters are there and after him, so he's going to send his minion yeah. to try and distract them at noon. Yeah. So if the hunters can figure out that hey, this is a distraction, yeah, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. Then they get that chance encounter and sometimes they miss that chance encounter, which only oh, yeah. give them a lot of information.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there's so much cool interplay with that, like cool opportunities to sure. to do that. Yes, I love that. Um okay, so um the 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 interesting <laughs> thing about a keeper too is that the keeper never touches dice. Yeah. Which is this different, right? yeah. So I'm I'm never trying to oppose roll you. I'm never mm-hmm. trying to see if the monster hits. My monster always hits. <laughs> it always hits. My minions always hit. How you react to that is is what we then play with, and that's determined by your rules, right? And, and your abilities to do things. But yeah, like my my monsters are um they they're Hawkeye. They like they always
1: more or less hit their target.
2: Their magic missile. Exact, yeah.
1: exactly and you don't have to set like a difficulty level yeah you don't have to say you have to roll a 15 or higher yeah to to make this happen and everyone knows cool. if i roll a six or lower i messed up seven to nine it's okay 10 plus rocketed yeah exactly exactly again
0: like you said before takes the the math out of it yeah <laughs> takes the um you know uh the the really complicated mechanics like i'm I'm yeah. running a vampire game on other nights, and there is a lot of of kind of like, oh, this pulls this, and this dice pool does this, and wait, you got to look at this, you know? And so you can kind of get bogged down by the yeah. yeah,
2: This helps eliminate that. Uh, as Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is why this was a palate cleanser for our group yeah, a year yeah. ago. Um, and I think we were getting, uh, There's, a, I know a couple people in our group that were they're not really into the RPG scene. I know the three of us, you know, we're itching to play whenever we can, whenever we can, but yeah. they were starting to feel bogged down by D&D, you know, starting to lose interest just because we yeah. were a large group. Lots of mechanics, lots of time going through rounds. Yeah. this didn't have that. They were incorporated. It was light. And yeah. they were able to get, you know, into it again, right? They were able to, their interest was, was re-upped and, and and reinvigorated. Yeah,
1: that, that's a really good point. Um... That uh, Yeah, it's a great, great point because sometimes in d d when you have four or five people playing and the wizard's turn comes up and he didn't know what spell he was going to cast, yeah. everyone's sitting there for 20 minutes waiting. That's right. Where this one, it's a lot more free flow Yeah. where like if you don't know what you're going to do, it's like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing right now. You go do something first and then I can either do what I'm going to do or if I need to react to that, cool, okay.
2: Yeah, which you need to do because unless you are just, you know, I've got a pistol, I'm going to kick some ass, I know that's what I'm going to do. Actually, every character has moves. You need to know. There's there's not, sorry, spell blocks. There's um, blurbs here about what the effect those moves have. Every character has those moves. So you better either know your moves or you better read it before. Because, yeah, everybody has the potential of being the wizard of not knowing. Okay, I want to use this move. Okay, I'm sorry. I need to read what it does. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, uh, no, yeah, exactly. Even in a big group, we did not find we were bogged down like that. Yeah, I think we had,
1: what was it, 1.6 people? And one of them was on the computer? Yeah. Yes, but it still it still had a good flow. Nice. Like, uh, um, I mean, I was a GM, So I don't know from the players' perspective. For right. me, it didn't seem like anyone was really waiting, getting bored. Yeah. Uh, whereas if D and would have had large groups, I have seen that where I'm just like, okay, come on, pick up the pace because the guy over there is starting to go on his phone. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's really yeah. losing interest. You know, stacking dice. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh,
0: a couple more things about Keeper, and we'll wrap this up. Sure. Um, we talked about those those story beats. Um, that can happen in a session. That can happen over a year. Yes, it doesn't Just have more. to happen in one day. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, as a as a keeper, thinking about your monster, your monster typically has like some special moves, mm-hmm. and that you're right, they do some pretty severe damage. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they map out and they help you kind of see the the health levels of the monster as well. Typically, is more. Mm-hmm. than your squishy human mm-hmm. 16 10 health kind yeah, of yeah exactly because it'll, it'll take a beat yeah it's meant to that it's meant to do that because you've given your players hopefully an opportunity to get prepared yes right? to kind of get ready for the big end game yeah you know, as it were uh and and we'll see if that actually pans out when you hear <laughs>
1: <laughs> our version of it yeah. if, I, if i actually do give you that that kind of preparation time <laughs> Sometimes you don't get it because the players weren't paying enough attention. <laughs> Distracted with something else, <laughs> and sometimes the writing is on the covers.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, let's see. Anything else with the keeper here? Uh, I think just what happens at the end of each session. So after you've right. beaten the baddie, like oh, what what happens? Cause I know you can experience from special moves. You can experience from failing, right. but. There's other ways of giving experience too. That's right, uh, and so um, in the session,
0: thank you, John. Um, what you do as as the keeper is you you have a, a dialogue with your players, especially if that's an ongoing chronicle or they want to continue with those those characters. Mm. Is um, now you get to award some experience, and you ask, uh, you know, did we conclude the current mystery? Did we save someone from certain death? Well, worse, Is it worse than death? That's hilarious. Uh, did we learn something new and important to the, uh, about the world? Or did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? So you get to have conversation at the end of it and go, oh, okay. Like what did we actually gain from this experience? Yeah. You know, and so you're, you go, oh, well you, I learned this and, and you get a free form dialogue, Yes, with the players to figure out what happens.
1: And this can be at the end of a story beat or at the end of the entire chronicle as it were. Yeah. And each eats- depending on how many of those things you said yes to determines how much experience you get awarded. Yes. So thank you. yeah. like let, let's say you're fighting the monster. You weren't quick enough. You didn't save that person. Yeah. So now you, you can't say yes to that oh. quest anymore. Maybe you get two experience instead of three. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the person we were sent out to save is now in pieces. We had, yeah. <laughs> so, I think in one of my games, um, one of the main objectives was just uh, was, like to protect civilians. whatever. Yeah. But one of these people one, one of the players um worked for a sh- shady organization and at the beginning of the game. Yeah. You rolled to see, okay, um, do you get help? Yeah. Or do you, or does this, the shady yes. organization demand something of you? Yes. And one okay. of the <laughs> uh, one of the players rolled poorly and the organization's demand was that there can be no witnesses oh. of this monster. Yeah. And um things happened, a person got like, you know, kind of in the monster's clutches. Uh, people saved them like yes, we saved this person. It's so great. The guy walks up and the the, the guy who rolled this. Didn't tell anyone what his special uh, plan was. Yeah. The guy just walks up and shoots the the witness. <laughs> 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 and er, everyone's pissed, but he's okay because he gets the experience point. But then at the end of the session, people got less experience because he did that. <laughs> ah, so it, it can also it can also yeah help drive some tension too. So like a yeah. bad thing might not necessarily happen immediately, yeah. but it can be like throughout the game. It's like you know. I have this thing that I gotta do, even though people are not gonna like <laughs> it. <this. laughs>
2: that's yeah. What was, what was the final question there on that list? Oh yeah,
0: what did we learn? or did we learn something new and or and
2: important about one of the hunters? Hunters, yeah. I think to answer that question, John, in our final year uh, year long game, uh, I, I, my character ended up being the big bad of the whole. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so you learned something about this <laughs> hunter. That's, that's what you are going for, right? You exactly. want to answer that final question? Yeah, yeah.
0: Though. That's awesome. Um, so, so that's you know. Uh, there's, there's more nuance. We, we kind of talked about tags. Um, there's advanced moves. There is uh, other ways to make it more, um, you know, dynamic and things like that. Best way to, to learn this game is just to do it.
1: Yeah, you know, like it's, yeah.
0: get up, get up into it. <laughs> to get started in this game is piss easy. That's yeah. The yeah,
1: yeah. Two yeah. dice, two pieces of paper in your set, and you're and you're off.
2: And you're not even you're not even going out to buy fancy dice. You're just grabbing uh, whatever from no. your poker board yeah. or or you know
1: uh, go uh, rob monopoly stuff or, like yeah. that anyway. So <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah,
0: especially if it's a Star Wars edition, Monopoly, <laughs> and your kids have destroyed the box. <laughs> and now you've had to hide
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm talking from personal experience. So.
0: Um, so that's that's essentially Monster of the Week. Any final thoughts um to help people kind of jump into it I,
1: I just think whether you're a new player or a new gm this is uh, from what i've experienced so far yeah the best game to get into that scene and get experience doing both sides of that yeah it's yeah. very structured it really helps hold your hand if you don't know what you're doing but it still gives you all the freedom to change things as you move
2: yeah um and yeah i guess for something more veteran um John, we had a game where you hacked this, right? You took the system I and you completely changed it, made it a completely different world, completely yeah. different uh, um, premise into a space sci-fi, yeah, space Odyssey. in exactly. the
1: future, and a little bit of tweaks here and there, mostly just wording, yeah. Uh, but like, it, it makes it very easy that you can keep all the weapon takes, you can keep all mm, yes. the monster stuff. You just change some words and a little bit of scenery, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: It's a very robust system, a great a great uh, foundation yeah. and even you know if you just play within it you're gonna you know, have a very yeah. you know deep and engaging time it's not going to be just oh this is basics no you're actually gonna there's depth to it yeah, yeah. sure
0: it's a good point steve It's um there is there's such modular ability to this we had a, a wonderful demonstration of that with your game mm-hmm. okay um so uh this has been monster of the week we have really explored it's it's ins and outs and things like that. And so the next step we're going to do is we're playing, uh, show you a uh, Chronicle over two episodes uh, and try to hit as many aspects of this game as possible and still tell a, a pretty good story with some fun characters.
2: One of them being cursed with very high roles. So I have So for those of you that are cursed the same way, at least you get some experiences at the end of each, uh, each mission. Yeah,
0: that's it. Well, this has been uh, take your DM shot. This is our uh, pilot. Episode. Uh, we're super excited. I'm so happy to have yeah. my friends, my colleagues, my 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 uh, uh, maybe just friends and colleagues. I'll leave it at that. Patreon. Patriots. I'll to, uh, my yeah. comrades. Tune in for our uh, episode of Monster of the Week Story Edition. Been take your DM shot with Steve Scherfan, John Christ, and Tristan Ham. Special thanks to John Lovell for the use of the intro and outro music, and to Authentic Dungeons for all your RPG and gaming needs. Thanks again, and tune in for more episodes.